0: Everybody and welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw, Steve Lorenz on the phone lines with me as always. Uh, we are not full-time podcasters, we're actually full-time writers, so check out all of our stories at 247sports.com slash Michigan, the MichiganInsider.com, however you want to get there. Got lots of lots of stuff. I won't pretend like this is the our busy season. This is June. Uh, but you know, I've got a three question series. Steve is doing some great stuff on the incoming recruits. He's also getting some good inside intel on, on some of the depth chart, how things are going. Uh, so be sure to check all that stuff out. But for now, today's podcast, we're going to keep it relatively light. We have two recruiting questions. We have a couple user questions that people tweeted at me and and a couple other topics that, that maybe we'll discuss uh, depending on how the timeline goes. Uh, first, some quick ones, though. Uh, Anthony Troya wants to know what happens to the music. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I I think every time I change the song, someone is mad in some capacity. They they don't like the new song, or they didn't like the old song. I, so I'll never win. So I'm just gonna pick uh, what comes to me. Hopefully you guys like this one here, but sorry Anthony that that you don't. Uh, Sawyer Skarsky wants to know what do you make of the Jeff George Junior transfer. Who do you see starting at qb not only this year but next well i think we see shea patterson starting this year next year i mean it, i guess it's it seems like a three quarterback race between milton McCaffrey, peters uh, i think this year i think a lot's going to change between now and 12 years 12 months from now uh but it will not be jeff george jr he was run out of illinois you know two-star recruit he was like going to be a third or fourth string quarterback so Steve, unless you've heard something else, I'm assuming this is a walk-on who maybe wants to kickstart a coaching career, uh, who wants to go to a good master's program, and is okay with running the scout team uh, to to have those other desires met. Because, I mean, you know, he was projected to land at an FCS school; like he wasn't even projected to be an FBS starting quarterback anywhere. Uh, so, so the fans kind of freaked out, but this is not Peter struggling. This is not them bringing in a. Illinois back up to, you know, be next year's quarterback. He does have 2 years of eligibility, but I don't think Michigan's really going to use it that much.
1: Yeah, no, if you had any emotion at all regarding that addition, you're you're an idiot. Sorry. Like <laughs> it's it's a nothing burger across the board. It has nothing to do with anybody on the current roster or, you know, it it doesn't mean anything about the guys on the current roster not developing quickly I mean it would take it would take something worse than what happened last year for Jeff George Jr. to even be considered to play on the field in twenty eighteen to even be considered.
0: Well and our Uh, Illinois guy, Jeremy Werner, he he was like he didn't have a lot of suitors, so I assume this is a walk
1: on. Yeah, no we (laughs) there's a lot of Mac schools
0: that want quarterbacks and stuff.
1: (laughs) Right. We never got confirmation. I just it's there's no way it's a scholarship. I I will get confirmation eventually, I assume, but it's, there's no way. So we didn't even, I mean, I don't feel like we did. I don't feel like we pumped it up as if it was like some big thing. I mean, it was just that it, it is an addition to the roster.
0: Um, it was notable because the name people
1: know. Right. But as far as like, you know, some people to try to kind of paint it as if we blow some of this stuff up for clicks or to get attention. And it's like, I don't feel like we did that in this story at all. Um, you and I should have sure yeah.
0: if someone else did I, I missed it. Yeah.
1: Right. I as a matter of fact, I don't even know if I I don't even know if I tweeted it out. Period. I didn't say anything about it. Yeah, no. So um so like I said, if you had any emotion or reaction to that move, particularly negatively, but even if you thought this was some like big positive thing, I mean just sit down. Like <laughs> it's not really it's not really a big deal. And uh you know, good for him. Good for Jeff George Junior.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would have come here if it wasn't his best situation. So he's probably looking at starting at, you know, maybe starting an Ivy League school versus Michigan. But at the same time, you know, if you can if you can be a scout team quarterback, because you can learn a lot doing that. You know, if if Michigan has a veteran scout team quarterback or someone who can run certain packages and you get to learn because like, you know, Harbaugh's coaching tree is slowly and surely starting to get pretty significant. You know, say you get a master's in management and you work as a scout team quarterback. Well, pretty much everyone's gonna let you be a GA at their school. Uh, you know, a couple years from now. So, so we'll, you know, I guess we'll see. But yeah, neither of us think this is too much to read into. Uh, Wilson Mullen asks, given Gerard Pique's, I don't know who, I think that I think that I pronounced that right. That's uh, Shakira's husband, plays for Spain. Uh, recent yeah. comments. He, you know, Spain. For those that missed it. Uh, Their coach was like, oh, I'm going to be the the Real Madrid coach after the World Cup. And Spain said, we don't like you looking at other jobs while your job is supposed to be coaching Spain. Sounds very much like Bo Schembeckler to Bill Frieder when Frieder took the Arizona State job before the Michigan season was done. So they they fired him. And so now they've got a new coach. Uh, They're like ranked 10th. I think they're ranked 8th out of uh, out of the World Cup teams. And so Gerard Piquet said, Well oh, it happened for Michigan in nineteen eighty nine, it can happen again. Uh let's all come together and 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 stuff. And so anyway, given that, uh who do you have winning the World Cup? I without the United States in it, I am not a soccer person. I I might watch maybe some of the later round games. I would I doubt I'll watch many uh, or nearly as any as many as I did in twenty fourteen. I would just guess Germany. Wins maybe Portugal. Uh, Steve, you said before the show,
1: I pick Brazil every, every year. time. Yeah, yeah I don't, whatever. So <laughs> I don't. I got in trouble in the, whatever the last one was. I think I don't remember who they were playing, but they were winning, and then they gave up a goal like really late, and uh, I think it was like to tie the game or something. It was like this brutal, like really bad goal, and uh, after they gave up the goal, there was like. 45 seconds left, and I, I tried starting the I believe that we will win chant, and I think I almost got, like, kicked out of the establishment <laughs> that we were in because people were really pissed off uh that I, apparently, because there's, you know, there's zero chance of scoring a goal in 45 seconds or something. So, oh. um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was. Yeah, I mean, your rally I was,
0: cap on. There's...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was being, I was I'd say I was, like, semi-trolling, but. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was funny. So yeah. I, I'm not, not not a big soccer guy. Uh, sorry. So, uh, I'm not much that more sorry, honestly. Much more interested in the U.S. Open this weekend, which got underway today and has been just brutal so far. Um, I think Rory McElroy's nine over in the first round. I mean, it's the... Oh, tough course. Yeah. No, the Shinnecock. Yeah, the wind is like... The wind is just brutal out there the the flags are are tipping like crazy as i don't know if i've seen it like that before so anyway way way more interested in that yeah uh um.
0: yeah yeah so i said germany or portugal you said brazil so i think we've covered three of the top four teams so good chance that we're going to be right uh what were some of the other questions i think that was good for the for the quick ones um, we did not do one last week. Last week was our one-year anniversary of this podcast, but I was out of town, so we did not do one. Uh, but man, wouldn't it have been fun? I think, uh, did he, John Beeline announced on Wednesday, so I guess it would have been a pretty topical thing. But John Beeline, but since our last podcast, 14 days ago, uh, rumors you know got out that he had interviewed with the Pistons not once but twice. Then he was named one of the three finalists by the Pistons. And then last Wednesday, he decided not to go and that he wants to stay at Michigan. And, and the quotes since then have suggested that he wants, you know, he he's going to retire here. This was that one time because he wouldn't have had to move. You know, he's always been curious. Like anybody in any career, you're always intrigued by doing it at the highest level. I mean, ask a lawyer if they w- want to be a partner or ask a doctor if they want to be a specialist or Ask a you know rock star, you know rock musician if they want to perform you know at a, at a Fillmore versus their garage. Uh, pretty much everyone does. So, so he he looked. Uh, I think frankly, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Bo. I think the better comparison because Bo turned down Texas A and M. I think the better comparison is actually Jim Harbaugh, who and I think they've both seen that when you're here, you get to be the GM. You know, you get to have. An eight and five season, or you know, beeline mentioned when his team had a bunch of injuries. You know, Stan because the Pistons had Reggie Jackson's injury this year, and Stan Van Gundy was fired. Well, when he had a bunch of injuries and missed the NCAA tournament, Jim Hackett gave him an extension and a raise. So, you know, you're always going to be a little bit more appreciated. Like, so I think he saw it and was like, you know, I can be the king of Ann Arbor or the next man up in Detroit.
1: And and college, I mean, Detroit's not a Detroit not a job that. If this was, if we were talking like, even if they were talking like Milwaukee, maybe you know, didn't Milwaukee get rid of Jason Kidd? Yeah, then might be a different conversation.
0: Well, like, you know, I I'm not a I really just kind of despise Tom Gores. I don't think the job is like I don't think the Pistons are like. I think there's a there's a path to playoff regularity, um, like I you know I think Sam was calling it a train wreck. I don't know if I would go that far. That said, you have like the prime situation at Michigan. Plus, you're getting paid pretty close to NBA money. I mean, I don't know if he would have netted more than five million as a first-time NBA coach. I don't know if he would have gotten five million. So it's, and plus you don't have the job security. I mean, they're they're gonna build a statue for Beeline probably when it's all said and done. So, um, so yeah, I, I just, I'm, yeah,
1: go ahead. I'm a real cynic. I'm a real cynic on the on like taking any NBA job, though, almost. I mean, just you look at the the way the league is constructed, he'd admit, I mean, just to be honest, there'd be next to a 0% chance that he'd ever win even maybe a conference title if he was there for five or six years. I mean, they'd have yeah. to catch so many, And that goes, and that's the thing with the NBA, is that that goes for probably about 25 of the franchises in the league right now. <laughs> you know, and so it's like in at Michigan there's the the, the things are coming together to where they they could be competing for championships year in and year out going forward, you know? And I mean, I, I get it's the pinnacle of the job, but at the same time, I I, I don't know, I guess, like I said, unless the gate, unless the path cleared to one of those like six or seven jobs, um, you know, I just, I, I, would you really rather, you know, again, be at a you, all the work you put into building up, building things up in Michigan into a again, what looks like it's becoming a perennial power where you're competing for Big Ten championships and potentially national championships year in and year out. Or do you want to fight with Chicago and Milwaukee and New York for the fifth seed in the East every year where you're going to get slaughtered by Boston or well, or whoever? And like, you know, yeah, ev-
0: unless you're Greg Popovich, like. You're just a commodity in the, you know, whereas like Michigan fans, if any show me one Michigan fan who is not satisfied with John Beeline, I don't think you can. I really don't think unless it's like some like complete, you know, the people on our Facebook page that are like, I can't believe they choked against Villanova with like the most ridiculous comment, you know, like the the complete and utter jabronis.
1: But like, you know, the the NBA, the very bottom of the barrel, the very bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, in the NBA, only three coaches have coached at their current teams more than six years. I mean, that's you know, it's Rick Carlisle, Eric Spolstra, and Greg Popovich. And so So, I mean, only only one coach, Popovich, has been around as long as Beeline has been at Michigan. So and plus, again, they're gonna make a statue for him. He gets a standing O every time he goes to anything. So Yeah, I mean I I think Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that surprised that he turned around and and decided to come back to Michigan. I think it was definitely overblown, that whole leverage discussion, because, again, it's not like the NBA pays so much more, and it's not like John Beeline is, like, you know, sitting in his room thinking, how can I get an extra million dollars? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not that much of a power move guy. Uh, So so there's that. Uh, You know, you mentioned before the show we don't need to discuss—sometimes we— because i it was it had such a good season sometimes think we talk about basketball too much but uh one one more basketball question from Rick Moody although it's basketball and football who has the better season next year the basketball team or the football team and frankly i mean i'll do a a dissection of like you know how things look probably later on this summer hockey i think all three teams could be top 5 teams next year but I don't think all three, any of the three teams are quite there yet. Uh, but let's talk basketball, football. And here's where I stand. I think basketball will probably... Because, like, basketball... I mean, they didn't win the Big Ten regular season title. They technically finished lower than Michigan did. In the big, in, Lower than the football team did last year. But they came together and, and did a whole lot at the end of the season. So it's kind of weird to just say... You know, so I, so we'll do like general power ranking sort of situation. Uh, and in that case, I might actually pick football because I think, you know, I think the basketball team will be pretty good. I think it'll be that team no one wants to play in March. Do I think it will be a top 10 team in the regular season? I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, I think I whereas I think the football team, I don't know if I'd put them in the top 10 yet, but I'd probably put them around 12. Where I'd put the, whereas I would put the basketball team probably, you know, fourteen, fifteen. I don't know. So, so I think, I think it'll be close. But I think football, football is kind of like if if you know if you're looking at a like a Duke or maybe not Duke, maybe like a Kentucky. They kind of had a letdown season last year. Uh, because they were pretty young. They're gonna have more experience and more talent in playing this year. So, in theory, you know it's kind of projecting, but it's a little bit more of a sleeping giant where, as long as it wakes up at like two positions, quarterback and tackle, uh you're probably in good shape. I don't know, Steve, what say you
1: i I don't really know uh that's kind of a one of those like pretend to be a weatherman questions like <laughs> I think both teams are gonna have really good seasons one thing that one question that I'm more interested in. Just because I'm looking at it right now, and I want to know what you think, so I think like I think Michigan football in two thousand and eighteen could lose three games and still be one of the ten best teams in the country, right based on the way their schedule plays out, right so if I was to, like say we were to do a prediction and I was to say nine and three, and everybody would like get really upset, <laughs> I look at but then hold on though, so okay, let's can we just do this real quick, yeah. I'm looking at Georgia's two thousand eighteen schedule and I don't see like I think Michigan would probably be at least ten and two with this schedule.
0: No Alabama. And
1: so here's Georgia's okay, I'll just I'll read the names and then you just off the cuff, just tell me if you think Michigan this Michigan team on paper right now would be favored or would win this game, okay? Okay. Austin P win. Yeah. At South Carolina.
0: Yeah, well, they technically no, just now, lost that, to South Carolina. <laughs> so, that,
1: so that's so that's actually one of the two games I thought was maybe a question mark. Yeah. like that's how awful Georgia's schedule but, is this year. But
0: Michigan has Shea Patterson. Uh, they were Different destroying. Team. They were pantsing South Carolina before they choked like crazy.
1: Right, right. So I, I still say win. Actually, I yeah. think this team, I, this this roster compared to who they put up, who they threw out against South Carolina last year,
0: three injured offensive lineman as well.
1: Right. Yeah. Another yeah. Middle Tennessee win. Yeah. At Missouri win.
0: Maybe right? Missouri had a good finish to the season. Didn't they win like 7 straight? Win. Okay.
1: T- Tennessee at home. Pruitt's first year. No quarterback. Yeah. Win. Vanderbilt at home. Yeah. Win. LSU on the road. I don't think LSU is going to be that good this year either like to put it this way Burrows. I would argue I would argue <laughs> that you're being so contrarian I would argue that Michigan State Penn State Ohio State Wisconsin and Notre Dame will all be better than LSU this year you agree with me y-
0: yes I think one of those four teams and I'm looking at kind well, of maybe- Notre Dame or Michigan State I think one of them is going to be a little down i just i just have a hard time believing they're all going to be top 12 you know what i mean like it, well they know. probably won't be yeah. after
1: the after the dust settles but again it's like it's like i mean it's like i feel like the the big time east is going to kind of eat each other this year unless there's one school that can come out of there unscathed you know
0: yeah
1: um florida first year under mullen at home Win. Win. yeah kentucky on the road That one would be – that actually would be, to me, a little more interesting than, say, Missouri for sure. I think Kentucky – yeah, Kentucky I think might actually be all right this year. Like they – Stoops is recruited pretty well, like way better than Kentucky's used to for a while, and he's kind of in that four- or five-year period right now where they might surprise him. You know what I mean? Like an upstart, lower-a-tier program that like actually gives a coach a chance to try to build the program before firing him and i think i think kentucky might be alright this year i don't i still would pick michigan to win that game but i i, I think kentucky at home would be alright mm-hmm. so auburn at home was one of the toss ups to me i think that that one is who knows cuz auburn is pretty good up front on both sides of the ball um but even then though at home right i right. don't know
0: yeah no i agree yeah that um, i think michigan goes is there more
1: Oh yeah, there's two more. We we haven't come to the patented week before the final week of the season <laughs> SEC bye week game uh, when Georgia gets UMass at home on November 17th. So basically, all their star players get to well now they've got that redshirt. They can just see what
0: their freshmen do.
1: Yeah, no, they'll probably play a whole, a whole uh, an all freshman roster against UMass. So um, that's a win, obviously. And then Georgia Tech at home. I honestly, I don't think Georgia Tech's beaten Georgia. It's been like. 13 years or so. Hasn't it been a long time or something? Like, I feel like okay, George I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I look at that and say at worst, this Michigan roster is 10 and two. When I mean, I look at South Carolina, I look at probably LSU cause it's on the road. And then Auburn as three games where it's like, I could see them going one and two possibly, but they could easily go three and Oh, like, you know so it's like Georgia's basically going to walk into the at least the SEC title game and subsequently possibly the playoffs based solely off their schedule
0: and then Michigan's going to finish third in the Big 10 East
1: right yeah and-, <laughs> and you could argue Michigan's a better football team like it's just it's yeah. inter- it's just an interesting dynamic to me i mean you know not to mention i I'm still a big believer. I think that last bye week before the final game, it's not a bye week, but you know what I mean? I think, I think the way they have it set up is just, it's so set up for their, their teams to succeed. I mean, they could legitimately sit everybody in that game and still win. I mean, you're basically giving your guys a week off, you know, it's two by basically you're giving your guys two bye weeks throughout the season, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, by the way, Georgia
0: tech has beat Georgia twice in the past four years.
1: Oh, what, what am I talking about? There's some rivalry, some tech versus state school. There's somebody hasn't beaten the other one in a long time. Uh, either way, yeah. Either way, I'm picking Georgia to win. It's in, it's in it's in Athens. I would I would pick Georgia to win right. that game. So right. Uh,
0: yeah. So so anyway, uh, I yeah, it kind of depends on how you measure success. Because like, is a New Year's six the equivalent of like an elite eight? You know, i think that's fair okay yeah, it,
1: I, well yeah it's got to be one of the old bcs you know what i mean like I, there, aren't there other games on you know new year's day now like didn't they kind of expand it a little bit as far as like
0: well technically the outback Bowls on new year's day
1: <laughs> yeah like that type of no it's got to be like yeah it's got to be one of the big ones like the sugar the orange the i think the cotton bowl might be included in that that's always they are the new game. Year's
0: six yeah yeah Yeah. Um, so. so so yeah so or we could just do like final top 25 rankings and I think I mean because like, like it's it's interesting because like, I can see a path where Michigan basketball does a ton, but I don't know. I don't. I I feel like it's gonna be another one of those things where they're like, eh, maybe they could win the Big Ten actually. So so no, I, yeah.
1: Michigan, it's just. I think the path is clear for the basketball team. But I think the football team maybe has a higher ceiling. Let's say I guess that's the way I'd put it. I just I just think the Big Ten East is such a crapshoot this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think because I definitely on paper. I mean, Michigan's two biggest weaknesses: offensive line and and quarterback, especially. They I mean they should take some significant steps forward this year, in my opinion. Um, Well,
0: I think there's you know we've talked about it. Like, it's not uncommon for teams that return a lot of talent to, you know, do really well. It's not right. like it's this, it's not like no, it's a total, total, you know, shot in the dark. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, qu- question for you. How many years in a row do Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State have to play at more or less New Year's Six quality football? Like, all four of them, and like the Big Ten West just does nothing before they... Shuffle it realign. Again. Yeah,
1: it's a good question. I, w- I would think realignment's got to be at least. <sighs> I guess, it, you know, it, maybe it, it, I guess maybe that depends on one other program in the conference. You already know where I'm going to go with yeah. this, probably. But yeah. if Nebraska steps up and becomes that second elite team in the West, I think maybe they'd keep things the way they have. Um, to the two schools in, on the other side, too, that. I wouldn't wait, is Minnesota's in the are Minnesota and Purdue both in the West? Right? They are. They are. Yeah. I mean I think both of those schools, if Brome especially stays at Purdue, uh, I think they could I'm I'm a big believer. I I think that Purdue's got a shot. I mean, they're actually starting to recruit pretty well too. Uh like not at like a
0: Well they got Laftis, but he his dad went there, didn't well, he?
1: Yeah, but they just scored. Well, they got Marvin Grant out of Detroit. You know, was a guy that Michigan had offered early, probably cooled off on a little bit. But I know Wilfong is a big believer in Marvin Grant. He thinks Marvin Grant's a four-star prospect. Mm. Uh, they're in it for David Bell, who I think is the top prospect in Indiana besides Carl that because we bumped Carl way up. Um, but David Bell's a top 150, 100, top 100 type guy. Um, and they just, they just got a quarterback out of California, too, who I think had the he had an 86 or 87 rating which is okay. That's great. I mean, that's good for Purdue. It's probably one of the higher rated quarterbacks they've gotten. So, um so I they're starting to do some some good stuff on the recruiting trail and Brome just
0: Will they be at a Michigan state level though?
1: Michigan state? Probably a little bit lower, but that's yeah. the thing with state is states never really been a top 15 Recruiting class type The one year they did it in sixteen. I mean, a lot of those guys are either bust, have busted, or were kicked off the team. So I are think not what's,
0: on the team. The, what hurts them with the imbalance is like at most, you know, Wisconsin and Nebraska. Like that's like the most you could feasibly see as like new, regular New Year six contenders in the West. Like I don't think Purdue is going to be battling for the Rose Bowl and the
1: Cotton Bowl every year. So uh, we'll see. I mean, those schools. But that's the thing is where I, I think. I think those are the types of schools where, if they do, it's going to be because they they made they hit the home run higher. And I guess I just think Brome is the best chance. I think Brome's a better coach than Fleck. Fleck's a great recruiter. I just don't know how sold I am on you know his coaching ability yet. Uh, he basically dominated the MAC yeah. at Western Michigan because he recruited so much like at such a higher level than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It would have been right. It would have been a massive failure uh for them not to have succeeded you know which is a credit to him for sure just saying like you know it's not the mac anymore and so uh you know besides wisconsin and then obviously i think you know nebraska under frost will get it figured out uh i think i don't know i'm just a big believer in purdue if brome stays i do think he's the type of guy that's going to see a ton of offers every year though i mean tennessee definitely made an offer to him this past offseason. Well,
0: he, he played for Louisville, he's from Louisville. His dad played for Louisville. I think his granddad played for Louisville I mean if you're not if you're Louisville, you know, I know you maybe you like Bobby Petrino, but like you've got to be like getting some sort of discussion with Brome like saying like, hey, if he retires in a year or two, this is what we're gonna do. Because I mean that that'd be it'd be just like a hard boss situation for him to go to Louisville. But you're right.
1: Well you know I think I, I see him I guess I per- Personally, I end up. I if he was to leave Purdue, I, I think it's for a bigger offer. That, that yeah. Louisville. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just like, there's like jobs out there. I feel like that would he would potentially, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, Harbaugh chose Michigan she... over the NFL. Scott Frost chose Nebraska over you know, other jobs. I don't know if there were other like jobs, if, but like, if,
1: like, it's just like, for instance, like I know that A&M just got rid of like a spread type guy, but like if, if Jimbo Fisher had decided to stay at Florida state, let's say like, I think Broome would have been a great fit at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. like for instance. And I, and I think most people, if not all would agree that Texas A&M is a better job than, than Louisville is. So, um, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Y- y- you know, so. unless
0: you but, grew up in Louisville and had a triple legacy there, but right. right. I, know, then, I know. Yeah. I still for the Big 10, I still like the 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 north south division. So you have like Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, uh Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland in one, and then you have um Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Minnesota in the other. Like I'm just I'm surprised that they didn't go north south actually to begin with, but um I guess I guess it is what it is.
1: And Michigan Ohio State have to be the crossover every year. Right? Yeah,
0: well every team would have a protect, protected crossover. So Northwestern mm-hmm. Illinois Indiana Purdue Michigan Ohio State uh, Penn State Michigan State Maryland Rutgers. Oh, uh, you got it all figured uh, Minnes- out. Mi- you know Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin can battle over Iowa Nebraska. Yeah, I, this just came off the top of my head, and it, it actually really works out well. But um, and they could have like a North South weekend where all those. You know, or some of those games take place, or whatever. Um. Anyway, back to the back to the actual question. <laughs> I. Oh, you have something
1: to say? No, I was just laughing because it's ta- it, we are still technically on this same question.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I so I think I think as far as Big Ten winning likelihood, I'd put it in basketball's favor. As far as who's gonna finish in the top twenty five higher, I actually think football. Will has a chance of finishing higher? Because basketball, I mean, you know, I know Beeline does it every year, but you still have to realize that it's very hard for a team to, like, just magically, you know, if it was so easy, so many other teams would do it. And I do think, you know, Beeline is an elite coach, but, like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they turned last year's team into Big Ten champs and national runner-ups, so this year's team should have the exact same success. Like,
1: I mean, it still did take a bugger-beater that's true to get to the you know what I mean like yeah. it's not and again it, the, the ironic like kind of the what's interesting though about that is it took a perfectly diagram play by their elite head coach for right. them to get that shot but it's still I think in the tournament I think when it comes to basketball I think in the tournament I think every year if you make a big run most of the time it's there's gonna be at least one maybe stroke of luck in their summer. Well,
0: Michigan almost lost to Iowa in the Big Ten tournament. I really right. was, like, sitting there in the press box, like, did I really just come all this way just to turn around after one game yeah. th- to, to Iowa? So, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, ask, ask you know, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State, you know, sometimes your team just, the other team just has something that you don't, and it just, it, it, you can lose. And I think I, I – would probably make a pretty good case that beeline is a step above a couple of those coaches in in tournament situations, like he is a very hard t- uh, coach to prepare against. And uh, having seen a little bit of their turnaround preparations firsthand, I do think it is, I just can't imagine uh, a better conducted like, you know, 36 hours or however much time it is. But, you know, I think it is something Michigan fans can't quite take for granted uh, you know, and, and the other thing is like, you know, basketball teams can struggle in the middle of the year and then come together. So do you factor that in? Cause like if, if football has two bad weeks, their season's done, you know, and they're dealing with another year full of trolling from, from rival, f- you know, it's, it's a little bit higher pressurized and you have to deliver early and often. Whereas basketball, it's like, they can get pants by North Carolina by, you know, in December, but still, you know, play for a title in April. So, uh, so yeah, as far as Big Ten, I think basketball is more likely. As far as you know, top 25 rankings, uh, I'd probably say football could be a little higher. As far as better, as far as like what makes the fans happier, it's probably going to be basketball because football. It's like unless they win the Big Ten, I feel yeah, like people are going to be unhappy. Up on yeah. Football, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk some recruiting. And, Steve, I know this is, like, your least favorite question. We do have something about Quivars Crouch in a moment. But Shane Majewski, a uh, frequent question asker, a friend of the podcast, says, uh, would love to hear what uh, myself and Steve think about Michigan trailing on a few in-state targets. The state doesn't produce a ton of talent. So you would think when they do, they would lock them down. So while you formulate your answer, because I was curious, you know, just, just what kind of thing are we – are we looking at here? Like, is this because they're the you know 2017 class? They cleaned up in state, and I think 2016 they did pretty well too, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. But Michigan, uh, this year in the 20, are we looking at 2019?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're in 2019 now.
0: And and you know, it's it's one of those things where people act like it's this deal but here's here's your top 14 because I think that's who Michigan would recruit Logan Brown five-star tackle committed to Wisconsin Devontae Dobbs five-star tackle uh, heavy crystal ball lean to Michigan State Ohio State is the runner-up Julian Barnett four-star cornerback committed to Michigan State Mozzie Smith four-star defensive tackle heavy Michigan lean so that's your one and then Anthony Bradford the four-star uh, tackle Not offered. LSU Dewan Mathis Pro-style quarterback. Uh, Let me get through the list, and then you can uh, verify. Yeah. <laughs> committed to Michigan State. Uh, Lance Dixon, the outside linebacker, currently uncommitted. Uh, did not actually pull up his crystal ball page, so that's on my. That's on me. Marvin Grant, committed to Purdue. We just mentioned him. Uh, Jaron Mangum, athlete, not a crystal ball favorite to Michigan. Carson Barnhart, four, uh, three-star tackle, four-star tackle depending on who you ask. Committed to Michigan. And then Michael Fletcher unknown Sam Johnson another quarterback Boston College Spencer Brown and Adam Berghorst Michigan State commits so you know we're talking probably two commits out of the top out of the entire state from the state of Michigan to to commit to Michigan in this class Uh, you mentioned a couple guys were not offered some of it I think fans don't want to admit this I mean Michigan State has a good selling point you know it's not like every recruit's going to look and be like, yeah, Michigan's a better program for me. You know, I think, you know, I think it's fair to, to, you know, same with like Wisconsin and Logan Brown. I mean, he's, it's not like Wisconsin's that far away from, from Grand Rapids. And, and also they produce NFL offensive linemen. Like it's like, it's a factory. And so it's not, it's not infeasible for some losses, but you know, one to 10, yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Never mind. I'm not even gonna ask it that way. Uh what what would you say to people who are concerned about Michigan's in state recruiting in twenty nineteen?
1: The first thing I would say is it's June. That would be my first answer. My second answer would be Logan Brown, miss. Uh Julian Barnett, no like Dobbs and Barnett, that's just a whole different shebang that i'm not even going to get into for the billionth time
0: (laughs) well and and Uh, and for fans who don't follow you know i mean beeline struggled in state recruiting too because it gets so political you know because it's it's, things are a little too close you know people are offended that you don't offer this guy or they're offended that you know you aren't giving enough lip service or praise to one high school coach or that coach or whatever so it's you know people get offended a little bit more easily when it's you know the school down the road uh, both fans very- and teams and the high schools themselves.
1: Agreed. That's a very good way to put it. So um, so those two, yeah, I mean, both really good prospects. But just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know. Michigan could win 12 games this year, and, and they're not going to sign either two of those. Those two kids aren't going to Michigan for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, Logan Brown, though, a loss. You know, Wisconsin offered before Michigan, actually got him up to camp, and he was immediately smitten. I mean, I just think that was just Wisconsin just flat out won that recruitment. You know, he could have been from Illinois. It had been the same way. Um, you know, I'm looking down the list of these guys that are offered. If they miss on, if they miss on Mozzie Smith and Lance Dixon, I think fans have reason to be disappointed Okay, for sure. Um, uh, Michael in, Fletcher. Looks like
0: Michigan's third, by the way. The four star uh, on the crystal
1: ball, they are. Yeah, that, I don't. That one's not over. Uh, I know. Actually, Sean Fitz, our Penn State guy, actually just put in a crystal ball for Penn State, which is usually a good indication that Penn State probably feels good right now. Right. Uh, Sean's really, really good at what he does. Um, I think Dixon would be the biggest miss, though. I just because like, I don't say this very often. He is an absolutely perfect fit at that Viper position, which mm. Vipers. but Viper, it's the same time as like Viper's a spot where they're going to find a guy who's going to produce anyway. I mean, Don Brown's literally never had a Viper that didn't produce at a high level, at least statistically. I mean, at Boston College, he turned multiple two stars into statistical dynamos, you know, at that Viper spot. But Dixon was like, you could not draw a up a better prospect to play that spot i mean he's capable in coverage he's got the frame to build the weight um so that one specifically i think would be a disappointment if michigan doesn't can't pull that one out in my opinion and you say Smith,
0: they didn't what? offer bradford
1: no bradford doesn't have an offer dwan mathis doesn't have an offer so i get uh, Mathis
0: because he's a quarterback and they've you know right they're good with their quarterback why didn't bradford get an offer i mean he seems
1: like
0: a i'm saying this is like a casual person who doesn't follow recruiting very much
1: (laughs) just i don't think they were i don't think he they felt like he was maybe worthy of the scholarship offer that's not a knock on him too because i do think he's a good prospect it's just you know michigan evaluates and makes offers and and they don't offer some guys you know and so um I think that's really about really the story there. I mean Michigan's been by Muskegon, they're not neglecting the kids at Muskegon, that's for sure. Uh or in the in that general area. So um I mean it's not like he went to state, right? I mean he's going to L S U, so you know it's is are people at our Michigan State fans asking the same question there? You know, I don't think so. So okay. Um so I just look at it like this. I think Brown lost. Dobbs and Barnett, again, we've already discussed kind of the the macro picture there. Uh, Fletcher and Rook Orojo, or Orojo, the kid from River Rouge, Rook, those are guys like Michigan's going to be fine on the defensive line this cycle, no matter what, like pretty much no matter what. I mean, they've already got a few in the boat that they like and they're in pretty good shape with a few other guys up front. So while both of those guys I think are going to be good, I don't think it's like a... Huge loss, particularly on the edge. Although Root could grow into an interior guy, but they already have a very similar guy committed in Hinton, who's a five star. Right, you know, being an out, being a guy who plays on the outside right now, but's probably going to grow into an interior player or could. Um, Fletcher, you know, is a guy that that one's gone back and forth, and I just think Michigan's been recruiting probably five or six other guys a lot harder and. That's not to say that he wouldn't be going to Michigan State even if Michigan had been recruiting him really hard, but he's not even making his official next week. I mean, it's just I think that ship sailed, and I, I don't think it's one that people should lose sleep over. Uh, again, not saying he's not a good prospect, because I think he is, but on the edge, like Michigan's got a lot of other guys that they can get and are recruiting pretty hard. Uh, Mozzie Smith would be the the it stinks because they led for him for so long and lost him in the end type recruitment. I still feel like Michigan's in really good shape there. I think Penn State probably has emerged as the main competitor in that one, too, actually. Um, but he'll be on campus next weekend. So will Dixon. Um, so, you know, they got Barnhart. I just, I look at Logan Brown as being the most significant loss there. Um, besides, You, don't,
0: you don't count the Belleville kids as losses. So that's
1: three out Let's of the they, top ten. I don't think it, they're not going to get Either one of them, and they both go to the same high school. Like again, we've been down this road a billion times. Maybe not in the podcast, but just right. I, I'm so exhausted in talking about those kids. Uh, they go to the same high school. They're not going to Michigan. You guys, ever people can figure out the rest there. Um, <laughs> no, just we've. You no, know I agree. I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. Whether, like, that, whether yeah. that's Michigan's fault is you know, that's, that's a different topic, you know, but not one that I'm, again, another one that we've feel like we've discussed a billion times.
0: How about Grant? Is he someone that are they trying to flip him or is he not a big factor? Okay.
1: No, I like him though. We just, uh, we just got done talking about him that, you know, Wilfong really likes him and I think he's a lot faster than what people thought he was. I could see Grant maybe being a guy Michigan could circle back on. Um, I think he's a potential Viper too.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, He's one maybe keeping the back burner as far as like, you know, maybe if Michigan misses on a couple of Viper targets, maybe they'd circle around on and uh try to swoop in there. I, you know,
0: how about just, Mangum? He's the only guy I guess grants from Detroit too cuz when they did that whole, you know, the the pipeline 9 or whatever they call it, right. you know, it was a lot of Detroit players and and Cast Tech has been a little bit of a pipeline for Michigan as of late Mangum, the only one from Cast Tech on, in this top, you know, whatever players, is, but not Michigan is not interested.
1: Yeah, I don't anticipate an offer there. Okay, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, they're not going to offer him. I'd be shocked if they offered him. I mean, I think his if he showed some more on his senior film, I guess, then I think maybe you'd see Michigan move forward. I'm kind of interested to see where that recruitment goes personally. So. um so yeah. So of these so top like,
0: ten, you think they'll land two and you think that Brown and Dixon could be losses, and then there are then there are four draws. Um there are four draws, you know, with Belleville and then and then Mangum, and then there's Dixon. So two, two and four. Does the yeah. numbers
1: add up right? So I think no, I, I, I think there's reason to be like you know the, the 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 first the one that's the always reaction is they miss Tyrone Wheatley, and you know don't get don't get me wrong that Wheatley was a great in-state recruiter. Uh, he was huge in the Ambry Thomas recruitment, particularly. But you know they have it's their big-time recruiters are the ones that are recruiting these kids in-state. I mean Chris Partridge is the primary recruiter for Lance Dixon. You know so don't tell me that. Michigan's not making these kids a priority because Chris Partridge is probably still the most aggressive recruiter on that staff, you know? And so again, I I look at Dixon and I'm like thinking, you know, Michigan state's even further behind in that race than Michigan is, is Michigan. You can say Michigan state's not making (laughs) Dixon a priority or is Dixon a kid that maybe wants to leave the state to play college football, you know, and it, it does it stink for Michigan in that regard. Yes. But it's not a, it's not a situation of like neglect or uh, laziness or these stupid things that people always want to point towards. You know, it's not, I'm not saying it's not a disappointment and it's not, uh, you know, if Michigan goes 11 and one last year is Logan Brown, maybe committed to Michigan instead of Wisconsin. I don't know if I can answer that question because Wisconsin went 11 and two or 11 and one last year. (laughs) Right. Um, But you know what I mean? So uh, it's like the one thing that is, stupid is like people acting like that Michigan's just neglecting these kids in state or not trying as hard or they're getting out-recruited. I don't necessarily, you know, think that's the case. Mozzie Smith, Greg Madison, you know, Greg Madison signed more top kids in state than maybe anybody else on the staff, you know? So, um, you know, just have to see again, it's still June. And uh, while some of these guys are looking to decide early how long we've been doing this now. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's over for good, you know? And so, um, so yeah, again, I I guess I'm just on the middle in the middle on it all. I think they've been, I think it's been a relative, maybe this cycle has been a relative disappointment on the in state on the recruiting trail, but it's not for the scapegoat like reasons that fans want to try to point at necessarily. Like fans are always looking for, a scapegoat in every aspect of everything in sports. They're looking for a single reason they can point at and say, this is why. Yeah. They this want the convenient this,
0: narrative. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is why this is happening, you know? And so, um, you know, and I've never, I am like the opposite of that. You know, you try to get into the details and, uh, the details say that I think the potential is there for Michigan to have a disappointing in state hall, but it won't be for lack of trying or lack of, Effort on part of the staff or their approach or anything like that. So,
0: well, looking ahead to 2020, I don't see anyone from Belleville on the top. 10, if, if that's what, no, if that's I mean the it, fans it, are. <laughs> it,
1: it's not that it's. I wouldn't. That's probably. That's probably a little. It's not that cut and dry necessarily. Yeah. Well, um, no, but I mean there is. Well, because here we are with. Yeah. Just, here, no, that's. I'm glad. Like here we are with Justin Rogers, 2020. <laughs> You know the, the fourth-ranked player in the state, according to, or no, in the first-ranked player, fourth at his position. Sorry, uh, in the 2020 class. You know, the the narrative there was that Michigan wasn't waited too him. long. Yeah. Well, waited too long to offer when, what, seven of the school he just released a top 13 that didn't have Michigan in it, which is it didn't have Michigan total, State either. Yeah. See, uh, that was, I, to be honest with you. So two things, one, I was the fact that Michigan and Michigan state weren't in it to me is a clear indicator that as of today, he's definitely going to Ohio state. So be for the simple fact that w- Ohio state loves when they have their clutches on a kid, they love to manipulate the process and create perceptions. Um, if it had just been not, if it, even if it had just been Michigan out of the top 13, I still would have suspected the same thing. It's the exact same thing that Jackson Carmen did last cycle when he released a top 10 after visiting Michigan, and at the time I fully 100%. He Carmen ended up signing with Clemson, but I'm 100% sure he was a silent commitment to Ohio State, it, whether it was before he went to Michigan or shortly after, and then leaves Michigan off his top 10 list. It's just it's all about. The, using these kids to create a perception um, you know because Rogers has been on Michigan's campus multiple times, the visits have always gone pretty well. you know he's been honest about them that Michigan was trailing, but he's spoke highly of them, and I know on Michigan's end they've felt like they were in the race for sure, um but for him to leave them off a top thirteen is like it it's an absolutely intentional move.
0: Yeah, who you know I mean, and, yeah, if you make a, if you're making a June top thirteen
1: For and you're there, a junior a, it's a junior year too, not a senior year prospect here. So So
0: yeah, you're obviously trying to make a statement with, with that top thirteen and leaving the two in state schools off of it, I think did that. So right.
1: So it's like but what I'm saying is is it's not just a Belleville thing and I don't and I don't and I think it's it's a little it's reach in too much because I think Michigan's going to have a, I know it's a ways away, but I think Michigan's going to have an excellent shot with Damon Payne, the 2021 out of Belleville, who's probably going to be a, you know, top 100, definitely a four-star like type kid, you know, okay. but I look at who they, like I look at 2020 right now, I look at who they've offered in state and we have Macari page is a four-star Michigan's got all the crystal balls there. They, I believe, yeah, they have all the crystal balls for Braden McGregor out of Port Huron. Okay. They have all the crystal balls for Bryce Mostella out of East Kentwood, and I believe they have the only crystal ball for Raeshon Williams too out of King.
0: So That's four out of the top seven.
1: Yeah and, yeah, and they've only offered what eight guys, you know, and, and I think they're going to have a great shot at Enzo Jennings, and I think that they're going to have a if they decide to push on Cornell Wheeler, I think that he's a guy that they'd have a decent shot at too, if not a great shot. So, okay. um, so you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah,
0: yeah, I get, you, you. Know. cause if I think if it happened two years in a row, here's, here's where I stand. This is not, again, I've mentioned recruiting is not my MO, but as someone who is hearing what Steve's saying, doing my own little research, I think if it happened two years in a row and there was like, it it was like more Logan Brown situations where, you know, people who were kind of neutral, who didn't grow up rooting for Michigan State or didn't have, you know, the, the people in their ears telling them to go to Michigan State or go into other schools. You know, if they if they had more actual losses and it happened multiple years, then I think you do have to look at your staff and you have to say, well, why is this happening? Because 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 to Shane's point, he is right. You know, you look at Georgia. What what's the key to their success? They have a million you know, top 100, top 200 recruits from the state of Georgia. And same with Alabama, same with Florida, Miami, Florida State. You know, there is something to be said for, for in-state recruiting kind of being your backbone of success because most Michigan kids or kids from Michigan, you know, if Michigan offers them, that's that's a bigger deal than if you're from, you know, I don't know, California and Michigan offers you. It means a little bit more for the in-state kids. So so it is important but I, I but the sense I'm getting is that this year was kind of a weird class because there weren't too many players that Michigan offered from the state or, or offered and seriously pursued, and some of the ones that they did, they probably didn't have a shot at all to begin with. Is that so, is that correct?
1: I think I think yeah. I mean I, I don't know. I think it's. It's just, it's always, a, it's a mix. It's just a mix of things. And I look at the Logan Brown recruitment as kind of being prevalent in that regard. And where it's like, I, th- I think he just wanted to go to Wisconsin more. And that's, people don't accept that. But Ben Bredesen did the same thing to Wisconsin. I mean, it's like Wisconsin is one of those states yeah. where where they've always had a, just a stranglehold on the top prospects in their own state. You know, and, and Bredesen—it's not as if Wisconsin has been was struggling on the field or wasn't winning the West and going to the Big Ten Championship game every year. But you know, Bredesen just flat out chose Michigan over Wisconsin. You know, so um, like I said, if they whiff on Dixon and they somehow lose out on Smith, which I, I don't anticipate, then I think people have a reason to be disappointed. But it's—it's. It's, just more the fact that people think it's like due to a lack of effort or whatever. Like I said, I mean, now you got, you got more in state, you have Washington doing work and some of these guys in state partridge. I mean, they're, they have some of their best guys on these kids. And uh, so it's not as if, you know, they're just kind of making or they're just kind of sitting back and assuming that they're going to dominate the state on the recruiting trail. I mean, it's just not the way it works, by the way, the state of Georgia in the 2019 class has 37 four-star prospects according to the composite. And Michigan
0: has eight?
1: Maybe, yeah. Um,
0: So there you go. I mean,
1: you know, so it's... 2020 class too, and I mean, just... And we haven't even, we've barely, barely even gotten into the 2020 class and there's 24 four-stars in Georgia, many of which, I mean, we're looking at Yeah, like Javon Baker, I think, is a top 150. They have 18 kids in the top 150 out of the state of Georgia alone in 2020. Now, that'll shift around and change, but that's just like, yeah. I mean, it's, you, like, Georgia should be a top 10 team every single year because of who they, you always say it like this, what I always say, like, you see what you see. What a program like Michigan State is always kind of the program to look to in this regard. What D'Antonio's done with like lower ranked guys consistently, like, what would the guy, what would a coach like that do with if he was at a program like Georgia, where he could actually recruit like five star kids every year, you know, multiple five star kids every year just because you're Georgia, you know? And it's like sometimes to me it's it's unfathomable that. Georgia hasn't won a national championship since 1986, (laughs) you know, I mean, and when you play in the garbage sec East, you know, where you have a, like we've already talked about where this year, they pretty much have a free pass to the, at least to the sec title game. And again, if they win out in the regular season, they're probably going to put two sec teams in the champion into the playoffs again, like they did last year. So, um, uh, It's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, uh, one more recruiting thing, if we have time. Uh, Kovaris Crouch setting up a second visit to Ann Arbor. His first visit was extended and, by and large, seen as successful. Kovaris Crouch, uh, number 14 overall player, number one running back in the country in the 2019 class from, is it North Carolina that he's from?
1: Yeah, he's from Charlotte.
0: Okay, okay. So, So another player that... Is in kind of the thick of all those, you know, Southern schools. They're all within a relative driving distance, whereas Michigan is not. But right. he is visiting a second time. Uh, what What should the What should fans know about this recruitment? I mean, you kind of mentioned before the show. Uh, you have a hard time believing that Michigan. Like you probably need to see Michigan surge a little bit more for it to be sincere. But but it is something well, to get through. him up here not twice, through. right?
1: Right. Not sincere. I think his interest is definitely sincere. Uh, this is his second time coming up on his own dime, which is great. I mean, you can't, you couldn't, you could not ask for more in that regard to get this kid up twice on his own dime. I mean, I had assumed originally to be honest with you, it was going to be an official uh, just because I thought he was going to take a couple officials in June, like the June period. So for them to get him back up unofficially is it's huge. Uh Kind of one of those recruitments where nobody south of, well, probably Ann Arbor, Michigan, thinks that Michigan has any shot. Uh, I've consistently heard that Michigan is right there. Tennessee's kind of been the school I think mentioned most lately, and, and I know as of about three weeks ago, I think if he was choosing three weeks ago, he would have chosen Tennessee, which he'll be there before he comes to Michigan, but uh, it sounds like it's a seven-on-seven seven situation is why he's visiting there. Michigan doesn't the state of Michigan doesn't have seven on seven. So he's coming up to Michigan just out of interest again. So, um, you know, I know he, on his last visit, he said it was the best, best unofficial visit or the best college visit he'd been on. Uh, you know, I, we'll see. I just, here's the thing is like, so he's a running back linebacker. Feels like he wants to play linebacker at the next level. Oh,
0: really? Michigan, okay.
1: Well, but, but I think he's a, you know Michigan's proven and shown Harbaugh has especially that he'll play a guy both ways and Crouch is a guy that, I mean, I think he's he's a stud on both sides of the ball. You just basically say, we just want you on our team. Like, well, you can play wherever you <laughs> want. Like, <laughs> right. Please, that's true. Please come, yeah. please come play for us. And uh, so, and that's actually in a way, because Michigan is in the race for so many of their top targets at running backs still, it's really it's nice to be in the race for this one too because he's a guy you can take and then you can basically tell the other running backs on your board well he's probably going to play like he play he's going to probably play in defense that has no effect on our running back situation this cycle you know because some guys you know a guy like Crouch could commit somewhere and let's say running back b well let's just say like Zach Charbonnet who i think is the other like you know, again, Crouch, Morgan athlete now, but still, at the, let's say when he was being recruited at running back, I'd say Crouch and Charbonnet are the two top backs on their board. Like, you could tell Charbonnet, like, hey, you know, still a wide open spot here at running back because Crouch is going to play defensively, you know, but then you just get him up to campus and you just find out where he's the best fit at, you know. So his versatility is actually potentially nice for not just Michigan, but maybe whoever gets him because, you know, you can you can still kind of play the fence, you know, so Michigan would probably, I'm not saying they'd be lying, but just saying like telling like a Kalen Deloach or somebody they really like at linebacker, like, you know, Crouch is just a guy that's going to play somewhere. We're not sure where we still need it. We still want a bona fide linebacker on our, in this class type thing, you know? So, um, he's, he's elite across the board. Um, I don't think he's as good as like say Najee Harris a couple cycles ago, but he's, he's really good. And, uh, you know, Michigan's—they you feel like they're due on one of these, um, and like I said, when it's when when he says it's his best visit he's had, when his former head coach, who left to coach a different program in North Carolina, says, is seems to be in Michigan's corner. You know, it's like I can see where fans might say this is the same old story, um, and it might be, uh, but to this point on June fourteenth. I mean, you probably you have a hard time arguing that Michigan hasn't done about as well as they could do in this recruitment. So, um, just have to see how it goes. I think yeah. they'll do well. I don't know when he wants to decide. I think he may decide sooner rather than later. So, you know, he might be a kid that wants to at least make a verbal before the season's over or before the season starts. Again, down south probably doesn't mean that much because he'll probably still take officials or all of his officials or whatever. But still, um... Yeah, I mean, that's, they've, so that's the other thing, like, for the most part, like, the staff, I think this cycle has done an amazing job of getting the guys that they really, really want on campus unofficially. Like, this is Crouch's second time, they got Charbonnet up all the way out from California on an unofficial, they got John Emery up from Louisiana, um, they got Luke Deal up on an unofficial from South Carolina, uh most of their offensive, major offensive line targets they've gotten on campus already, you know. So I think they've done a really good job in that regard. That's why they're still in the race for a ton of their big-time targets. So And Crouch is definitely one of them.
0: Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, next week will be maybe a little bit more of a focus because we did a big-picture discussion about the state that ended up going on kind of long. Uh, but next week we'll have a more focused recruiting discussion because it's a big camp week big official visit weekend uh give it i don't have anything else on my notes Was there something else we were supposed to talk about or want to talk about
1: two o'clock no i think we're good
0: okay all right well then we'll wrap it up uh check out all of our stories all week i've got the question series i've, I've got some other stuff going on um some basketball stories if you're into that lots of football analysis Uh, You know, it's not it's not busy in the sense that we're covering a lot of games, but there's still plenty of articles coming out about recruiting football, basketball and everything in between. For Steve Lorenz on the phone line, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. and We'll see you next time.